Amen. Pueden tomar asiento, hermanos. You may be seated. Um, I love our time of worship. I really, really do. Me encanta el tiempo de alabanza en nuestra iglesia. Es un tiempo donde nuestros corazones son preparados para recibir la palabra de Dios, pero a la misma vez uno siente la presencia de Dios. You know, you can just feel God's presence when you worship Him and when you sing and worship. And, uh, and it's just amazing uh, to feel that this morning and, uh, and really just being prepared for, for His Word to receive what God has for us is amazing. As you can tell, it is a combined service, so we'll be going uh, in both languages this morning, uh, speaking in tongues, but doing it the biblical way, all right, by interpretation. Uh, como pueden ver, vamos a estar eh, en dos idiomas. Tenemos este, eh, un servicio combinado del inglés y el español, y como dije, vamos a estar hablando en lenguas hoy en esta mañana, pero bíblicamente, all right, dijo eh, Pablo a los corintios, si van a hablar en otro idioma, que hay alguien que interpreta o alguien que traduce lo que se está diciendo para que todos seamos edificados, all right, everybody needs to be edified this morning and that's why we're here, Hebrews chapter number 12, Hebreos capítulo número 12 y mientras vayan volteando allí en, uh, en Hebreos, Hebreos capítulo 12, quiero decir que ya Terminando o terminamos eh, la serie de la semana pasada sobre eh, el reino de Dios, la vida del reino y eh, entrando al, al mes de, de octubre vamos a tener en el servicio español este, varios predicadores que van a estar ayudándonos durante ese mes, ah, como he dicho muchas veces aún yo necesito ser edificado por medio de la predicación de la palabra So, este, en este mes que, que vamos entrando, empezando el próximo domingo, vamos a tener uh, al Pastor John trayendo el mensaje el primer domingo y después uh, en los otros domingos vamos a tener el Pastor Noé también predicando. Entonces, los que extrañan su predicación, no se pierdan el mes de octubre, va a ser algo de bendición y de ayuda uh, para cada uno que, que llegue. Okay? So, eso, uh, eso viene en este mes que entra. All right? so, Uh, in the month of October, I will, uh, I will be uh, allowing in the Spanish uh, different speakers as, uh, as I just get ready for the next series and, uh, and get edified. And I've said it many times, uh, even I need the edification of the preaching of the Word of God. And so uh, October is going to be a time in the Spanish service when I'm going to do that. Uh, in the English service, we're going to continue our study through Galatians. And, uh, and then when we're done with that study, same thing, we'll have someone... Uh, help in in the English as well, but uh, I know it's going to be a blessing and uh, the whole month of October So I hope you're excited about it. We've got a few activities that are going to be new uh, that we're going to try but Right now is not announcement time. I'll let you know about that later on, but I think it'll be a, a, a blessing this month um, Hebrews chapter number 12 Hebreos capítulo número 12 Vamos a estar leyendo el versículo 1 al versículo 3 del 1 al tres, starting verse number one down to verse number three of Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Por tanto, nosotros también teniendo en derredor nuestro tan gran nube de testigos, despojémonos de todo peso y del pecado que nos asedia. Y corramos con paciencia la carrera que tenemos por delante. Puestos los ojos en Jesús, el autor y consumador de la fe. El cual por el gozo puesto delante de él sufrió la cruz. Menospreciando el oprobio. Y se sentó a la diestra del trono de Dios. Considerad a aquel que sufrió tal contradicción de pecadores contra sí mismo, para que vuestro ánimo no se canse hasta desmayar. We have just three more months left in this year. Three more months to do what God has called us to do. 2022 has been a year that for many of us maybe feels like it's passed pretty quickly. A year that has been full of trials, perhaps, and difficulties. Or perhaps a year that has been full of blessings and growth. But whatever type of year you've had, there's only three more months left in it. And how we finish the year is important. How you finish in your Christian life this year is important. How this church finishes its run is important this year. En este, este año de 2022 quedan solamente tres meses. Tres meses para hacer lo que vamos a hacer para Dios. Para algunos este año ha pasado medio rápido. Estos nueve meses han pasado como un segundo, se siente. Este año para algunos ha sido algo de muchas pruebas o quizás de muchas bendiciones. De mucho crecimiento, no sé. Pero lo que sí sé es que solamente quedan tres meses más. ¿Y cómo terminamos en nuestra vida es importante? ¿Cómo terminamos este año es importante? Tanto en lo individual como en la iglesia. ¿Cómo terminamos en nuestro fervor para Dios? ¿Cómo terminamos en nuestro enfoque hacia Dios es importante? Y aquí en este pasaje de Hebreos 12, el autor está tratando de alcanzar a las, a las personas al quien está escribiendo, a enfocarles de nuevo lo que deben estar enfocados. Determinar una carrera bien. The author here in Hebrews is bringing his audience to get focused again. To focus on their race, to focus on finishing well. Because the Christian life is a race. And how you finish is important. Now, let me just say that the key to living a joyful Christian life is really found in the reality that we must be God-focused. We must be God-focused. The word focus is defined as the center of interest or activity. In other words, the Christian life is all about keeping God as the center of interest in our life and the center of activity in our life. 
el clave para vivir una vida gozosa, una vida cristiana, es que estemos enfocados en Dios. La palabra enfoque significa el centro, centro de mi interés o actividad. Son otras palabras, la vida cristiana se puede sumar en mantener a Dios como el centro de mi interés o actividad en la vida. El centro. Recuerdo en, uh, en la prepa cuando yo estaba, este, yo creo en el grado 10, más o menos 9, 10, por ahí, vino un amigo de, de Jason, él estaba en el colegio en ese tiempo, yendo a STC, y este amigo era alguien que sabía trucos, magia. Y vino a la casa a hacer un show y, y, uh, y le pedí a él después del show, le dije, ¿me puedes enseñar más o menos cómo hacer esa, esa magia? Me, me encanta el show, me encanta hacer cosas así, ¿me puedes enseñar? Y él me dijo, sí, sí, claro, puedes venir a la casa y, 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 y te voy a enseñar. Una de las primeras lecciones en eso es que cuando vas a hacer un truco, donde tú te enfocas, todas las personas que están viendo el truco se van a enfocar. Tu enfoque es tan importante, me dijo, donde te enfocas tú, todos los demás se van a enfocar. High school, 11th grade year, 10th grade, somewhere around there, Jason's friends come over and he does a magic show and I said, I want to learn magic. I loved the show. I thought it was awesome. And I said, if you could just teach me, would you be willing to? And, and um, I believe his, his friend's name was Adan. Adan said, yeah, sure. You can come over to my house and we'll, we'll start doing some, some magic tricks and we'll work with you and, and see what you can do. And, and I remember one of the main uh, lessons that he taught there at the beginning was, Jeremy, what you need to understand about magic is where your focus is at. He said, wherever your focus is at, that's where the audience is going to focus as well. Magic is all about sleight of hand. It's doing something that the audience is not seeing. But in order for them to not see what you're doing, you really got to focus somewhere else where you want them to focus. I remember one of the first tricks he taught me was the French drop. What the French drop is, is basically you get, you know, a coin, a, a ball, anything like that, and you grab it in your hand, and you, you kind of just squeeze it and let it go. Now, if you've never seen that trick before, you've probably thought it went in my hand, but it didn't. It was always in this hand. But the reason you looked at this hand was because that was where my focus was at. Uno primeros trucos que me enseñó. Me dijo, mira, es muy fácil. Lo que le vas a enseñar a la audiencia es que vas a agarrar la pelota. Pero si no han visto esto y están viendo donde está tu mano, van a ver que ya no está el papel, la moneda, la pelota, está en esta mano. Pero como yo estaba viendo dónde estaba, todos estaban viendo ahí también. Y nunca pensaron ver en, la, en el otro mano, aunque estaba acá. Por mi enfoque. Ahora, si, si lo hago así, lo hago así, ya van a estar viendo dónde está la pelota. El enfoque debe estar aquí para que todos puedan ver acá. That's just part of the trick. Wherever I focus, you focus on. It's just what magicians do. It's not hard. It's not black magic. It's not witchcraft. It's just tricks. It's just magic, right? Before you think that your pastor is you know, a witch doctor. I'm not a witch doctor. Okay? No soy brujo, hermanos. Es un truco. Un truco nada más. Right? But here's the point. Where I focus, you focus. 
in the Christian life, you're going to be victorious, you're going to be joyful. Depends where you focus. La vida cristiana, vas a tener una vida cristiana gozosa, victoriosa, depende de donde te enfoques. Muy fácil. Quiero que noten en este pasaje cómo el escritor de Hebreos anima a los que están leyendo esta carta que se quedan y permanezcan enfocados en Dios. Hay que permanecer enfocado en Dios. Esta audiencia que estaba leyendo la carta estaba enfrentando tiempos de pruebas, tentaciones, el sentir de dejar la carrera, de no seguir en la vida cristiana. Y el autor, sabiendo que estaban pasando por esas pruebas, por persecución, les anima. Así, no seguir. No seguir desanimados, sino enfocados. The author just knows that those that reading this letter will be facing temptation, facing trials, facing difficulties. And many of them want to quit. And the author says, if I can just give you a little bit of advice, if I can just help you in your Christian life, if there's just one thing that I can share with you, it would be stay God-focused and don't quit. Be sure that in your life, God is the center. The center of interest and the center of the activity of your life. Because we live in a world that can get us off focus very quickly. The devil is an expert magician to get you to focus on things that aren't really there. And you got to be careful with that in your life. Diablo hace trucos también. Pueden leer Efesios capítulo 6 y se van a dar cuenta cómo trabaja el diablo cómo pelea el diablo y lo que el diablo quiere es quitarnos y él es experto en esto quitar nuestro enfoque de Dios a algo más algo que ni está allí nomás pensamos que hay algo ahí pero no hay nada el diablo es así so hoy en esta mañana al estudiar este pasaje quiero Compartir tres verdades de estar enfocado en Dios. Tres verdades que nos ayudan a no quitar nuestro enfoque, sino enfocarnos más en, en nuestra vida en Dios. Quiero que, que noten primeramente los requisitos para estar enfocado en Dios. This morning I want to share with you three truths of being God-focused that we learn in this passage. Three truths that in these last three months we'll be able to apply into our lives and, and hopefully finish this year God-focused. The first thing that we're going to look at is the requirements for being God-focused. The requirements for being God-focused. The chapter begins by setting the stage of what our Christian journey can be compared to. It is a race, one that has been run by others and that is now to be run by you and me. If you read chapter 11, you read of those that have gone before, but chapter 12 is about those running now. 
those that are still in the race and moving forward. And if we're going to finish the race, we must stay God-focused. And what are the requirements for that? Number one, lay aside all that blocks your progress. Este capítulo empieza describiendo la jornada cristiana como una carrera. Y la jornada cristiana, la vida cristiana, es una carrera. En el capítulo 11 vemos algunos que han corrido esa carrera delante de nosotros. Pero el capítulo 12 se escribe para aquellos que todavía están corriendo. Los que todavía están en esa jornada. Y si vamos a terminar nuestra carrera, vamos a tener que llenar algunos requisitos. Vemos el primer requisito que dice el versículo 1, y eso es quitar cualquier cosa que está obstruyendo tu progreso. Dice en el versículo 1, despojémonos de todo peso. La palabra peso es la palabra en griego, ogkos. Y significa cargar o carga o algo uh, que te detiene. Y si vamos a mantenernos enfocados en Dios, tenemos que remover las cosas en nuestra vida que nos están deteniendo. Los pesos de la vida muchas veces no son malos. Son simplemente cosas que nos distraen de estar enfocados. Por eso él dice peso y pecado. Ahorita vamos a hablar de pecado, pero primero peso. Peso no es pecado. Algo que te está así obstruyendo es un peso. Es interesante cuando empezamos a pensar de esos pesos que tenemos en la vida. Y son varias. A veces es trabajo. A veces es diversión. A veces es dinero. O relaciones. Puede ser cualquier cosa en tu vida que te está quitando el enfoque de Dios. Esas cosas no son pecados. Debemos de tener relaciones en nuestra vida. Es bueno tener dinero. Si no tienes dinero, no puedes comer. Okay. Ni pagar una casa. No hay nada malo en el dinero. Pero amar el dinero, ahí sí. Vivir por el dinero, ahí sí. Porque te quita el enfoque de Dios hacia el dinero. Por eso el requisito, si vamos a mantenernos enfocados en Dios, requiere que removemos esos pesos. Lay aside all that blocks your progress. The word weight here is the Greek word akos, and it means a mass or burden that slows you down. If we're to be God-focused in our lives, we must remove all those things that are weighing us down and, and keeping us from staying focused. I want you to notice that the author says the weight and sin that does so easily beset us. He's not being redundant there. Weights are not sins in your life. Weights are not those things that are wrong in your life. They're not bad in and of themselves. They're just simply things that can distract you from being God-focused. There's a lot of weights in this world that keep us distracted from God. I think you'll find if you live long enough that sometimes work can be very distracting from being God-focused. And sometimes relationships can. And we live in a world that is obsessed with sports 
There ain't nothing wrong in sports. I played baseball and basketball, played different sports at the high school level, at the collegiate level. But if you're not careful, those sports can distract you and get you away from being God-focused. I'm telling you, we live in a society obsessed with it. There are many that don't go to church on Sunday because, hey, at 1 o'clock, or really, 1 Eastern, 12 noon, kickoff. Got to make the kickoff. You know, if I'm not watching, my team may not win. Can I just give you a little bit of a secret? It really doesn't matter if you watch or not. I know we think that we're really making a difference in the game. We're not. Okay? We're making them millionaires. That's all we're doing. Now, there's nothing wrong with watching a game. I love watching sports. I love watching games. I love it when that thing is win. Lately, it hasn't been often, but I like it when they do, right? But sports can become very distracting. So what do you do? You, you, you've got to lay that aside. Sometimes you just got to refocus your life by laying those things aside. Hay tiempos en la vida donde tenemos que remover esos pesos. Pero me encanta, pastor, a mí también. Pero nos está distrayendo de lo que es importante. Nos estamos dejando enfocar en algo que ni está allí. Y pensamos, oh, no, no, el deporte me va a traer gozo. ¿Y sabes lo que vamos a encontrar? Que no trae gozo. Igual con el trabajo, igual con el dinero. Al final encontramos después de dedicarnos tanto a eso, que no trae lo que pensábamos que nos iba a traer. Siempre recuerdo el actor famoso Robin Williams. Al verlo uno pensaría que él tiene todo. Famoso, millonario, chistoso. Y uno piensa, ah, debe ser muy gozoso el hombre entonces porque le encantan los chistes pero terminó quitándose la vida. ¿Por qué? Porque pensó, me voy a enfocar en esto y me va a dar algo que quiero, nomás para revelar después que no había nada. Qué triste. Aún al pensar eso me da tristeza. Pienso, ¿cómo no había nadie en su calle donde él vivía? Ni un vecino que tenía su vida enfocado en Dios para ayudar a, a Robin. Ninguno que pudiera llegar a su puerta y decir, Robin, yo sé que andas enfocado en cosas, pero te voy a decir, al final no te va a dar lo que estás buscando. Solo Dios puede hacer eso. Pero no había. Not one person. Not one person, as I think of Robin Williams, could reach him. Man that was focused on something that thought he was going to get it all and at the end realized fame isn't everything and neither is money. And telling jokes doesn't mean you're a joyful person. He just gave himself to something that wasn't there. How could there not be just one person that could have said, Robin, just, I'm telling you right now, I ain't going to give you what you, what you think it's going to give you. It's a weight in your life. 
Lay it aside. Look for God. Not one. But secondly, if you're going to remain God-focused in your life, you need to lay aside all sin that traps you in your path. The weights anchor us, but sin traps us. And the author says, lay aside that sin that doth so easily beset us. That, that word beset, it means to entangle us or trap us. It, it's, it's, sin has the exact opposite effect that the word of God has in our life. When we have faith in the word of God and in the person of God, it's very freeing. You have freedom in your life and you feel it. But when sin dominates our life, the opposite happens. And we get entangled and snared and trapped. And you feel like there's nowhere you can go and nothing that you can turn to. And it seems like life just doesn't have the same purpose that it used to and it's just so destructive. And the author says, lay aside that. Lay aside that sin. Despojémonos, dice el autor, de todo peso y del pecado. Del pecado. Hay que desechar todo pecado que te atrapa en tu camino. Porque el pecado tiene el poder de atraparnos. Los pesos de la vida nos detienen de estar enfocados. Pero el pecado en nuestra vida nos atrapa. Es peor. Y sabes, he notado que a veces el pecado en cual caemos empieza primero con pesos de la vida. Por no remover esos pesos, dele tiempo y de repente ya estamos ahora practicando pecado que nunca habíamos practicado antes. Y sentimos atrapados. El pecado hace lo opuesto de lo que hace la palabra de Dios y fe en Dios. Jesús dijo a sus discípulos, yo he venido para que tengan vida y vida en abundancia. Dijo, si el Hijo te haga libre, en verdad seréis libres. Fe en Dios nos libra. El pecado nos atrapa. Por eso el autor dice, desecha eso en tu vida. Como que pecado como el de no perdonar, la amargura, el odio, la envidia, los celos, el amor al dinero, las posesiones, las cosas temporales de este mundo, las actitudes de la carne, la filosofía del mundo, deséchalo. ¿Para qué? Para ser libres. Lay aside all the sin that does so easily beset you. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundant. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, ye shall be free indeed. And I'm telling you right now, the more we allow sin to permeate our lives and to control our lives, the more trapped we're going to be. You're going to feel like you're getting choked. You have nowhere to turn to and nothing to live for. That's what sin does. 
it's amazing to think how sin becomes that dominant thing in our life if we're not careful. And that's why the author says, lay aside that sin. It can easily trap you, yes, very easily. So what, what, what sin are you talking about, Pastor? I'm like talking about un, you know, not forgiving people, living bitter and jealous and envious of others, allowing hate to abide in our heart towards someone else, living after the philosophies of this world, thinking that this world is all that there is, that's sin. And you can go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 down to verse 21, and you can see what sin and how it manifests itself in our life. Idolatry, witchcraft, lasciviousness, lustfulness, all of that is sin, and the author says, lay it aside. It'll trap you. Listen, I don't know what kind of year you've had in 2022. I don't know. We don't have time to hear everyone's year. But I do know this. Some of us have been trapped this year. Some of us have been distracted this year. Nine months have gone by, and we just haven't done what God has called us to do. And this morning, it's a wake-up call for God to say, get focused again. Get focused in what really matters. Don't lose your focus to something that will not bring you what you think it'll bring. Don't. Stay God-focused. Este año ha sido, me imagino, un año difícil para muchos. No sé cómo ha sido tu año, pero algunos han batallado contra las los pesos de la vida, las distracciones de la vida, no pecaminosas, sino cosas que te están obstruyendo en tu caminar con Dios, en tu enfoque a Dios. Hay otros aquí que en este año han estado viviendo en pecado, permitiendo el pecado dominar y controlar tu vida. Y lo que hoy en la mañana es para todos nosotros, Es un despertar de Dios diciendo, enfoquémonos en Dios otra vez. Quedan tres, eh, tres meses, hermanos. Si no has vivido victoriosamente en este año, quedan tres meses. Hay victoria. Pero ¿cómo vamos a hacer eso? ¿Qué son los requisitos para hacer eso? Remover los pesos en la vida y desechar el pecado. Número dos, quiero que noten la manera de mantenernos enfocados. La manera. La manera de vivir los requisitos se encuentra en el versículo dos. Dice que debemos de tener puestos los ojos en Jesús. Ahora esto es más que simplemente admirar a Jesús o pensar bien de Él. No, no. Eso significa fijar nuestros ojos en su persona. La, la palabra griega de puestos es aforao. Solamente aparece en este pasaje y significa, en toda la Biblia nomás se escribe en este pasaje, pero significa quitar los ojos de todo lo demás y ver 
solamente lo que llena el corazón. No dejando tu vista ver otras cosas. La manera de mantenernos enfocados. Puesto los ojos en Jesús. Fijar en su persona. No dejar nuestros ojos ser guiados por algo más. What's the, the, the way to remain God-focused? The requirement is to lay aside the weights and the sins in our lives. But if we're going to remain God-focused, the requirement is found in verse 2, looking unto Jesus. This is more than just admiring Jesus. This is more than just writing on Facebook, Jesus is the greatest. I love Jesus. It's more than that. It seems like everybody in the world today is, at least on Facebook, is Christian, right? Whenever it's convenient, then we're religious and we're seeking Jesus. And what the author here in Hebrews 2 is saying isn't that. It's more than a post. What, what, what he is saying is to fix our eyes on his person. The Greek word here is the Greek word aphoreo, and it occurs only here. And here, here's what it means. It means looking away from all else, looking at that which fills the heart. In other words, making Jesus all that you see clearly. Not allowing your sights to wander off. There's a hymn in English that we sing. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone every man and we have turned every man to his own way. It is in our nature to wander. We are sheep after all. That's why sheep need a shepherd. Because if not, they'll just wander off. They'll let their eyes go up and they'll see some grass over there. They'll see something. And they'll start going that way without ever seeing the wolf that's right behind the tree. They'll just go and wander and wander. That's why it's so important. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Por eso es tan importante fijarnos en Jesús. La Biblia nos dice como ovejas todos nos descarriamos. Y tristemente lo que pasa como ovejas es que sin un pastor vamos caminando sin ver los lobos que están ahí alrededor. No más vamos. Me hace pensar de... El animal que muchos dicen es el más tonto, ¿verdad? De todos los animales, el burro. No es muy inteligente, por eso cuando alguien hace algo que no es muy inteligente, si es nuestro hermano, le dice, ay, eres tan burro. Y aún cuando no es nuestro hermano, a veces también lo decimos, ¿verdad? Pero, pero es interesante, tan tonto como será un burro. Lo puedes hacer lo que uno quiere que haga, por medio de dirigirlo con una zanahoria. Si pones una zanahoria enfrente de él, no en la boca, pero unos pies más, más adelante, se va a enfocar en esa zanahoria y va a caminar hacia donde está la zanahoria. Y lo chistoso es que nunca llega a la zanahoria, pero sigue caminando. Si quieres que vaya a la, a la derecha, vas con la zanahoria a la derecha y él va. Nunca le entra a la mente que nunca lo va a alcanzar, pero lo sigue. 
¿Sabes, hermanos? A veces el mundo es así, a veces el diablo. Nosotros somos burros cristianos, ¿sí? El diablo nos pone algo, una zanahoria y dice, ay, ay hay que seguirlo, ay, hay que seguirlo, hay que seguirlo, hay que seguirlo, ay, ay, para acá, ok, hay que seguirlo. Y nunca encontramos que eso, nunca lo vamos a alcanzar. Pero pensamos, no, si sigo, si sigo, al final sí. Escucha el consejo de la palabra de Dios. No viven por esas cosas. Mantenernos fijos. Nuestros ojos puestos en Jesús. Just keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Just like the donkey with the carrot. Not the smartest of animals, but you put a carrot in front of him, he'll just keep walking. The reason he does that is because he focuses so much on the carrot, he blocks out everything else. Doesn't even know that he'll never reach that carrot. He keeps walking. You would have thought after a mile that you'd be like, I'm just never going to get this carrot. I'm done walking. But he doesn't. The smell attracts him and the, and, the, and, the, and the look of that carrot looks so delicious. He just keeps walking and walking. Wherever you put that carrot, you can lead him anywhere you want. So many Christians are donkeys today. Instead of having our eyes fixed on Jesus, we have it fixed on Whatever the world and Satan's dangling in front of us. And we'll never reach it. But man, we keep walking for it. That's why the author says to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Not only do we need to fix our eyes on the person of Jesus, fix our eyes on his pace. The word authors, the Greek word archigos, which means leader and finisher, In the Greek, it means completer, the word telotis. So you have these two words, the author and finisher of our faith. Author, archigos, finisher, teletoyes means completer. In other words, fixing our eyes on him means to follow the pace that he has set before us. He's our leader that we're following. He's the one that's going to help us complete the race. Uh, he's the one that calls us. He's the one that sustains us. Fijar nuestros ojos en su andar, dice el versículo 2. No solamente en su persona, pero también en su andar. Hay dos palabras en el versículo 2. Dice el autor y consumador de la fe. Es importante Entender que hay que seguir el ejemplo, no solamente la persona de Jesús, el ejemplo, su caminar, su andar. El ejemplo que nos ha dejado. No mirar lo que está alrededor, pero sino lo que está delante, que es Jesús. Muchas veces nos dejamos por vencidos porque hemos quitado nuestros ojos. Vemos a Jesús al principio como el autor, y decimos, hay que seguir a Jesús, pero dejamos porque no lo vemos como el consumador de nuestra fe también. Si quieres ver que tu fe crezca, si quieres ver que tu fe sea algo de realidad, hay que ver a Jesús como el consumador de nuestra fe también. Author and finisher of our faith. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We just need to keep our eyes focused because he is the leader, the author, 
but he's the completer of our faith. You want to see your faith come to fruition? Keep your eyes on Jesus. You want to see the miraculous happen in your life? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Number three, because time is getting away, the result of being God-focused. What happens when we refocus ourselves? What happens when we fulfill the requirements and we see the way of staying God-focused? What, what are the results of a life like that? Well, we see that at the end of verse 2 and the beginning of verse 3. He says, For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. What is the author saying? What is the result of a God-focused life? That there is joy through every trial. The joy that was set before him. My basketball coach in high school used to say, life is tough and then you die. Sometimes we think, ah, it's going to get better. It might not. And that's just life. Life is tough. But you know that a God-focused life, even though it might be tough, is still joyful. A God-focused life might lead you to be in a prison somewhere, but you'll be there singing. Like Paul and Silas at midnight, singing praises unto God, feeling their whole world shaking as that prison door began to shake and open. Life's not easy. The Christian life, listen, Jesus never said the life was easy. The, the, Christ, the, the Christian life was going to be something fun and easy. He just said, it'll be joyful. In the midst of life being so tough, you can have joy. That's the result of being God-focused in your life. El resultado de estar enfocados en Dios resulta primeramente en gozo. Gozo en cualquier tribulación. La vida es difícil. Y la vida cristiana aún más difícil. Pero cuando nos mantenemos enfocados en Dios, encontramos que hay gozo en medio de eso. Jesús nunca prometió una vida fácil. Una vida sin dificultades, una vida sin pruebas. Jesús nunca prometió eso. Yo sé que a veces hay predicadores que predican eso. Dele tu vida a Cristo y todo te va a salir bien y lo que tú pides lo vas a recibir. No es cierto. La Biblia no enseña eso. Lo que la Biblia sí enseña es que puedes tener gozo. Una vida gozosa a pesar de tribulaciones y dificultades. Eso es el resultado de estar y mantenernos enfocados en Dios. Juan 10, 10, ahí están sus notas. El ladrón no viene sino para hurtar y matar y destruir. Yo he venido para que tengan vida y para que la tengan en abundancia. Que es el resultado, gozo. Número dos, tendremos fuerzas para, para cada prueba. La frase considerar a aquel significa contar. Debemos 
contar con el hecho que el diablo hizo todo lo posible para detener y desviar a Jesús del camino en que él estaba y Jesús lo venció. Y como él venció, oh, nos ha hecho nosotros también vencedores. La victoria nos espera, ese resultado de mantenernos enfocados en Dios. Las fuerzas que necesitamos para seguir en medio de las pruebas son prometidas para nosotros. Lo podemos recibir si estamos enfocados en Dios. Quizás eres un, un papá hoy. Estás viendo, mi hijo está haciendo decisiones malas. Pastor, ¿qué hago? Enfócate en Dios. Enfócate en Dios. Pero siento que ni quiero despertar en la mañana. Dios te da fuerzas. Pero enfócate en Él. No sé si puedo pasar por esta prueba, Pastor. Enfócate en Dios. Él te da las fuerzas, la fe para seguir. Bueno, pero ¿cuándo, Pastor? No sé. ¿Y cuándo va a cambiar las cosas? No sé. La verdad, no sé. Solo sé la promesa. Y esa es la promesa. Contar que Dios va a proveer. Considerar, considerar dice el versículo 3, considerar a aquel que sufrió tal contradicción. Jesús sufrió pero contó con la promesa de Dios. La fuerza que iba a necesitar para la cruz. Igual con nosotros. Ese resultado. What is the result of a God-focused life? It is joy and it is strength for every trial. Consider him means to reckon. We're to take full notice of the fact that though the devil did all he could to take Jesus off the path, Jesus completed it. Jesus overcame. He brought victory. And because he is victorious, we are also will be victorious. Because he conquered death, we also shall live and shall be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Depend on that promise. You're going through a, a difficult time. Depend on the promises of God. Well, when are things going to change? I don't know. But, but pastor, I've been, I've been praying for my husband and it's been five years and he's not accepted Christ as his Savior. Keep praying. Keep believing. I remember when one of our deacons, Josiah, came, began to attend our church and his wife, Daniela, and her parents had not been saved yet. Her brother was not saved yet. And I remember praying with them. I remember praying for them and saying, God, if you would, would you just touch their heart? God, if you would, would you just speak to, to them to understand the message of the gospel and to give their life to Christ? By the way, I know the pandemic was pretty bad. I know a lot of people died, but as a result of that pandemic, at least in our area, Maria Rosa came to our church. Daniela's mom came and we were studying the book of Jonah and through the study of the book of Jonah she began to understand her need for Christ and she accepted Christ as her Savior. 
Later that year, I want to say it was in October of 2020, around there, she was baptized. And her son and daughter-in-law came to that service, and then they kept coming after that and kept coming after that. And then they put their faith in Jesus Christ, and then they got baptized, and they're even here this morning. So what were the magic words that you told Josiah and Danielle so they could reach their family? Nothing, just stay and believe. The promise, fix your eyes on Jesus and stay focused. That's all I said. Let God do what he promised to do. You just stay focused. I share that because there might be someone else here saying, but it's been a long time, Pastor. I know it's been a long time. Just stay focused. It's the result of of that kind of life. This morning, I've simply tried to wake us up to the fact that in these last three months, we just need to be God-focused. I don't know where your focus has been the first nine months. Maybe it has been God-focused, and I pray that it has been. But if it hasn't, God wants us to be God-focused. He needs to be the center of all that we do and all that we are. And to do that, we got to lay aside the weights and the sin that doth so easily beset us. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, not get distracted, and keep believing and keep moving forward. And there we'll find the joy that we so desperately want and desire. There we'll find the strength that we do so desperately need to get through it. So this morning, I just want to encourage you. Let's get God-focused and stay God-focused these last three months. Esta mañana, lo que mi deseo ha sido en compartir este pasaje y este mensaje ha sido para ayudarnos a enfocarnos en Dios. No sé si en estos nueve meses del año ya ha estado enfocados en Dios. Y si sí, qué bueno, sígalo. Y si no, decide hoy, me voy a enfocar en Dios. Bueno, si decides que te vas a enfocar en Dios estos últimos tres meses del año, recuerda, recuerda, va a requerir que tú Remueves y desechas los pesos y el pecado en tu vida. Y para mantener estos últimos 12 semanas del año hay que poner nuestros ojos y fijar nuestros ojos en Jesús, su persona, su andar. ¿Y cómo vamos a terminar el año, pastor? Con gozo y con fuerzas de Dios. Fuerzas que no se encuentren en ningún otro lugar. So let's get on Imar. Helen Lamel was born in England in 1863 to a Methodist pastor. She moved to the USA when she was 12 years old, and her parents saw that she was a very gifted singer and musician and began to take her to get lessons both in playing an instrument and in singing. And through that time, she 
of course, faced difficulties like everyone else does. But she dedicated her life to serving God and living for God. She made a decision to be God-focused in her life. As she got older, wanting to use her talent, she wrote a song. A a song that if you've been quite a bit of time of your life or spent quite a bit of time of your life in church, you probably know this song and have heard this song. It's a song that is so popular, a song that speaks to our hearts, from the heart of someone that was just God-focused in their life. Helen Lamel. Helen, esta señora nacido en 1863, hija de un pastor, empezó a los 12 años de edad a usar su talento de música. Sus padres notaron que era una, un talento que era raro, un talento que era único para ella y tenía un voz que las personas le encantaba escucharla al cantar y tenía un talento para tocar música y entonces pagaron para que ella siguiera aprendiendo y llegó el tiempo en su vida donde ella tenía que tomar una decisión voy a estar enfocado en Dios o no y ella decidió muy temprano en la vida que iba a vivir enfocado en Dios Y una vez al estar leyendo un tratado de un misionero, el misionero estaba hablando de mantener enfocado en Dios aún en las pruebas. Ella escribió un himno, un himno que nosotros cantamos y has estado en esta iglesia por mucho tiempo, lo has escuchado. Pero un himno que nos recuerda del enfoque que debemos de tener. Escribió, oh alma cansada y turbada, sin luz en tu senda andarás. Al Salvador mira y vive, del mundo la luz es su faz. De muerte a vida eterna te llama el Salvador fiel. En ti no domina el pecado, hay siempre victoria en él. Jamás faltará su promesa, él dijo, contigo estoy Al mundo perdido ve pronto y anuncia la salvación hoy. Pon tus ojos en Cristo, tan lleno de gracia y amor, y lo terrenal sin valor será a la luz del glorioso Señor. Just a beautiful hymn that reminds us to be God-focused. She wrote, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Through death into life everlasting, he passed and we follow him there. Or us, sin no more hath dominion, for more than conquerors we are. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light of his glory and grace. God focus. I hope we will be. Espero que en estos tres meses seamos cristianos enfocados en Dios. Vamos a orar, Padre. Te damos gracias hoy en esta mañana porque has sido un Dios tan paciente con nosotros. Has sido un Dios lleno de amor y de gracia, de misericordia. Como el gran pastor, el buen pastor, tú estás a nuestro lado, protegiéndonos, proveyendo nuestras necesidades, protegiéndonos con tu mano poderosa, dándonos tu presencia. Qué Dios tan hermoso eres, Padre. No sé por qué es muchas veces que no nos enfocamos en ti. Perdónanos. Ayúdanos a entender que si queremos una vida gozosa, si queremos fuerzas de lo alto, va a requerir remover y desechar. Va a requerir mantener nuestros ojos en ti. Ayúdanos a hacer eso, Padre. Father, this morning what we ask is that you help us to be God-focused. Focused on you in every way. To be the center of our life and our activity. To be, to be Father, really the reason which we live. Help us to understand that the joy that we're missing out in life is not because it's not there and we can't find it, but because we're just not focusing on the right things. Help us to understand that there is strength from on high if we can just remove some things, the weights in our life and that sin. If we can just fix our eyes on you and say, focus, oh Father, the difference that this church can make in this, in this city of Palmview can be earth-shaking and life-transforming. Help us to be God-focused.